0: You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy.
1: Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the Women's Coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life Podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips, and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn your pain into purpose, and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor, and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable, bringing you a real honest and unfiltered view.
0: Thinking before I had a child, like they were like, oh, you're gonna have, you know, really broken sleep. I'd be like, oh no, I wouldn't be able to cope with that. And it's crazy though, how your body does. And I think the good things, I mean, the love is just like nothing I've ever experienced before. Like even when she does have that kind of hour and a half nap, at the end of it, I'm like, I can't need to be awake. Like I actually miss you. everyone,
1: welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. I'm extremely excited to speak to my guest today. It's Tessa Kelly, formerly known as London Palo Girl. She is a first time mum to her baby girl Clara and she shares the reality of motherhood on her Instagram with really helpful tips. Her love for healthy living, eating, and fitness started when she was diagnosed with mild chronic fatigue syndrome and depression, which we'll discuss more about in this episode. She's now an author of her weaning ebook, Wean, Eat, Grow, and sharing how to live like a healthy, balanced lifestyle while juggling all the pleasures of mum life. So, hi, Tessa. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. Thanks so much for having me so nice to have you on. So I wanted to dive a bit deeper into kind of your passion for the love of like healthy living, eating and where it all started because I read that you were diagnosed with this mild chronic fatigue syndrome um, and
0: depression. Is that where it started? Yeah, exactly. So when I graduated from university, it literally came just after then and I was like absolutely knocked for six. Yeah, it was a really, really strange time. I think maybe with, you know, the, the sort of the uni life of you know drinking and going out a lot and not really I guess looking after myself that well and I think I just had a bit of a burnout and I went to the doctors and they just said you know I think you need to have more of like of a high fat dairy diet and you need to go on antidepressants because you know maybe you're depressed and I'm like I, and I didn't feel depressed I was just like I'm just exhausted like I have zero energy and so I kind of took away and I thought right okay. A high fat dairy diet, uh, that's kind of the best advice you've got. So I just thought, right, I'm going to do my own research and look into it. And a friend said, oh, have you looked into paleo? And it was more than just like a diet. It was sort of focusing on sort of more lifestyle factors in terms of like sleep and, you know, working out and moving your body. And then also just more of like a, I hate using this word, but like a cleaner sort of diet, you know, not like over processed foods and whole foods and all of that kind of thing. And that is kind of where it started for me getting to paleo because I, you know, that is what changed the way I felt, the way, you know, the way I had all this energy and I just felt sort of human again. So I'm really, really passionate about the whole paleo lifestyle because it did really change, you know, my life a lot. And I think it's just the way that sort of the the industry and the world is now that kind of with diet culture and things, it sounds restrictive and I just kind of now just don't want any labels. Um, and I just want to kind of, you know, everything I've learned and just live sort of like, as as healthy, but kind of mentally and physically as possible. And so that's kind of where the, the name has changed into just in just into me. But you know, I'm extremely grateful for the paleo lifestyle, because I really do think that's what got me better. You know, the antidepressants didn't, and the, the high fat cheese diet didn't either. So
1: yeah, that's really interesting that you would be recommended to go on a high dairy diet just from a personal perspective, because I mean, I can't have dairy in my diet. I'm completely intolerant. So if I was to have dairy, like honestly, I'd be on the toilet being sick or, you know, the other end. So it's really interesting you're being given that information. And it's, it also reminded me of when I went to my little boy, who's seven months has got um, cow's milk allergy. And when I went to the doctors I was fighting you know against them and one of the things that the doctors turned around and said to me is that like he needs to go on a vegan diet and I was like so basically because I was breastfeeding at the time he was telling me to go on a vegan diet like do I eat meat and I was like that's not really the solution here like I'm telling you he's got a dairy allergy but so it's really interesting that that's back then, what
0: they were pushing on you when... I don't know if you remember, but it was all very much like low-fat this, and it was like low-fat, high sugar. So I guess maybe as well in terms of that side, she was sort of, you know, she's quite more of an old-fashioned doctor and was probably like go back to sort of the, you know, the full-fat milk and the full-fat products, which to be honest in terms of maybe what I've learned now is actually that you know low-fat products aren't really the way forward and you actually do need sort of you know the certain nutrients and the good fats from products but specifically of the dairy thing I yeah totally totally with you on that one
1: yeah and I mean obviously there's a huge kind of anti-diet culture now I mean it's gone probably the other way in terms of you know people celebrating their bodies and body confidence so do you ever like regret anything from you know the London payload life or do you, do you feel like do you know what it's got me to where I am now
0: I do I really I feel like very grateful for it and I feel very grateful about finding out about more and doing lot of research into it and um, because it really did change the way that I felt and um, in terms of I think uh, what kind of I found like I was sort of battling against when I was speaking to people about it is that it was like it was classed as like a diet. And that was just something that, you know, I didn't want to sort of be associated to because I didn't live for it as in terms of calories. And it was just like, you know, trying to get rid of processed foods, which in terms of the way we live, like it is like a cave. A caveman diet. And obviously, we're in the 21st century, like that way of living is impossible. But there were so many sort of like parts of it that were really, really valuable. Um, and, you know, I'm really glad I did do that because it educated me a lot in terms of food and that you don't have to be restrictive and you don't need to have, you know, really processed foods um, and, you you know, how not really like cutting down on refined sugar and things like that, how it can make you feel. I'm a big believer in not regretting anything in life. Like, I feel like it gets you to the place that you are now. And I think, yeah, maybe if if that hadn't have happened to me at the time of of that happening at university, then actually... I may not be doing what I do now. So would you say
1: that like now that you are, you know, you've always been Tessa Kelly, but you kind of rebranded yourself as in because you want to be known online as just yourself,
0: not the London Payload girl. Is that right? Yeah. A lot of things on Instagram, they've kind of changed from having these sort of, i had lots of friends online who've had certain like names and they've just kind of like they've gone to actually just being themselves. And a lot of friends have said to me, they, the reason they didn't do that to start with is it's because you're kind of, especially in like the online world, you're sort of behind someone, if that makes sense. So it's like when it is your name, you know, you're putting yourself out there like this is me um, as opposed to someone else. Like sometimes even on a paleo girl, people would say that to me and they'd be like, I don't actually even know your name. Like that's me just call you paleo girl sort of thing. So I guess for me, it was sort of like, uh, right, there's, you know, there's nothing in front. Of, like, this is just me. Um, and and I think, yeah, there's, and it kind of gets like, um, I remember Alice, like, you know, she was clean eating Alice. And for her, like clean eating, you know, all of that is sort of out the way. She's like, that's not who I am anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm Alice Living and stuff like that. So I think a lot of those sort of, you know, friends that did that made to sort of me go, Do you know what? Even if I was still, you know, following paleo to the absolute two I I probably would still have done this as well. But it just goes
1: to show you, Tessa, that you have evolved as a person. And actually, if you were still kind of there, then it'd probably be a question of why haven't you evolved? Because everyone does change and they grow. And I'm sure you feel like that now as like a mum as well. Because I feel like that is the biggest change that you probably have as a woman. How do you feel like you've changed?
0: Yeah, I think as well if now I'm like I am me and and I think it's really empowering that as you kind of you know you said like evolve and you grow up and stuff like it is so nice to feel now that it's like you don't have to hide from anything. Like, this is who I am. And that's what I love with Instagram. Like, I I feel so grateful that I have, like, a really amazing community on there, of, of, especially now as well, like, mums and women who are really, really supportive and lovely. And I hate that there is, obviously, another side to it. Because when you do put yourself out there, you know, If I always think, if you don't like something about a person, it's very easy not to follow them. Like, they're doing their thing. If, if you want to follow along, amazing. Like, enjoy the journey with them. But if you don't, like you know, we live in a huge world, not everyone is going to be for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how would you say that your relationship with like fitness and
0: food has changed since you've become a mum? So I think, you know, I think a lot of it has been down to time. And how I look back sometimes, I'm like, how did I used to fit in like five workouts a week? (laughs) And all this of the meals I used to cook myself, you know, all those sorts of things. And I think time has been a big a big change to that as I'm sure you understand it feels very limited and there is not enough hours in the day but yeah I think in terms of kind of how I how I see all of that like I think I'm I've never probably been so in awe of you know my body and what it's done and how it's grown a human and I'm so incredibly grateful for that um and I had a check with like a, a woman's health lady Claire the other day and she was just like you know what what do you want to you know, how do you want your body to be? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying that I want to go back to like any aesthetics like that because I'm, you know, I'm so far away from that. But I, was like, I want to have like, I want to feel strong and I want to have like that core, like strength back again Um and all those kind of things, which is going to make me feel sort of stronger and better. It's not about, you know, what my body sort of looks like. Um, so there's definitely been a shift in, in mindset there really as well.
1: It's quite interesting actually, because I think quite a lot of us are at that point because of the body confidence movement or acceptance that we kind of say oh it doesn't matter what our body looks like but deep down would you actually say that that's true because I, I you know I'm all about body acceptance confidence I share my real body online and I do have days where I am feeling, you know, that positive energy and I feel like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm accepting my body. And then like, as an example, I was trying on bikinis the other day and the bikinis that I used to wear definitely don't suit the body that I'm currently in. And then I have, you know, kind of a relapse of that where I'm like, actually, I do care about what my body looks like. So it, do you think really when women say that, that
0: would you say that you're completely there? Like you you tell me. I think anyone who says that they feel absolutely incredible, like 24 seven, I think, you know, if you genuinely feel like that, like amazing, good for you, that's, that's incredible. And I think with our bodies, you know, when we have periods and we have different days you might wake up feeling bloated like there's so much stuff going on that makes you feel just a bit rubbish and for me the biggest things that make me feel a bit like oh is if one I'm not eating as well as I usually do or if I'm not having the time to do any kind of workouts or move and those two things just make me feel like rubbish in myself but then the next day if I ate better or if I managed to get in like half an hour workout and I've got the endorphins and I feel great that totally changes the way I feel about my body and my body would not have changed from yesterday to how it has today in physically in any way it's just purely those two things and I think that's where kind of like the mental health side like comes in so much and is so important you know I've I've had times where in the week when I can I can feel like if I've been really busy with work or if Clara's not napping or, you know, sleeping properly and those things like really get to me and sometimes I'm just like, I know, like I need that workout and I need to just go and have, you know, it's not work, it, it's just for my mind to go, right, I've given myself you know, half an hour of the day to me and I feel so much better for it. But then, you know, in, in terms of what you said, like there there will be days when I'll oh, like try on like clothes and I'll be like, oh, I used to love that dress, but it just doesn't fit me anymore. And I decided instead of going, right, I'm now going to make sure that I lose this amount of weight to be able to fit back into it that I'm like, that just was just going to make me feel crap. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. And maybe in, maybe in three months, six months, it might fit, but maybe it won't, but I'm going to go out and not stick to size or numbers. I'm just going to go out and wear what makes me feel good. And I really do think like, as I said, the food, the, the, the kind of the exercise side, Those little things is what makes me feel better. And, you know, maybe going to have my head on all those sorts of things. I try and focus on those things to kind of make me feel good instead of getting so fixated on like what every sort of inch of my body looks like yeah I think just throw
1: out those clothes you know give them to charity give them to someone else that will fit in them that will feel good in them because if we hold on to them thinking oh we might fit into them you know we're holding on to something that might not be achievable or attainable whereas if like you said like dressing your body and feeling good and you know being in the right mindset about your body is definitely
0: like the way forward isn't it I'm going to say you probably, you might not get this because you've got incredible boobs. But one of the biggest things for me that actually made me like feel a bit sad about my body was the fact that when I was feeding, I literally had like huge, what felt like to me, like huge boobs. And I was like, this is brilliant. Like I honestly felt like I had like a boob job. I was like, this is amazing. As soon as I then stopped, they literally went down to like triple A's and I missed like I mean now I've got the padded bra on but you know just that change and stuff and I was like you know I absolutely loved it um and then so now I'm like when I'm and stuff, I'm like oh, I I really miss that bit yeah no honestly and especially
1: you know like the first few days when the milk comes in then you know, even though they're really sore and they actually do hurt they're like wow they're amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean how does that make you feel because do you have you embraced that or do you like oh I really miss them because I've had them before
0: <laughs> yeah do you know what I actually just really miss them and I'm I just I'll say to Adam and he's like don't be silly and I'm like no I'm like they were so great And he was like well you always would say how sore they were so he was just like couldn't even like touch them <laughs> yeah he was like you're like go near me and he was like it's basically yeah so um but no the 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 boobs thing like yeah even though they might have been explaining a bit painful sometimes I do really miss them (laughs) and actually just speaking about that it's
1: quite interesting I was speaking to someone yesterday and we were just having a chat about the kind of relationship that you have with your boobs when like when you have a baby because they were you know sexual things before and then they become you know just for the purposes of feeding your baby and you almost feel like your body isn't quite yours because you're sharing it and then also the intimacy side of it you know you're worried about the milk going into your partner's eye maybe if you're getting it you know having sexy time or whatever it might be like how did you feel about your boobs and the relationship between you and your partner? Did that change? Honestly, I think
0: because I was just like, wow, look at these boobs. I, I was just so like taken away by that. But no, I totally get it. I think, you know, when you are reading, it definitely does feel like you are a bit of a milking machine. And it is, you know, it is all on you. And yeah, I I think it's a, it's such a funny one, the whole breastfeeding, because I it is incredible. And it's amazing that for six months, you know, your baby can be like that's what's feeding them you know that is obviously an option but it does put you know a hell of a lot of pressure on mums and you know it's not just as easy as a baby just you know latching on and that's it you're done you know in terms of like being tied and I just think like anyone is able to do it for any amount of time you know like absolute huge respect for because it really is like it's a it's it's a you know it's a huge it's a huge huge thing and I don't think it goes to plan you know I thought oh yeah you know I'm gonna do it for a year and just you know like that and I mean I don't know know my journey but I was expressing from sort of I think after about three months she just refused to go and feed from me and she'd only have it from a bottle so I decided to go down the sort of expressing route and it it was one of the hardest things I've ever 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 done
1: yeah I mean even expressing is quite a lot of pressure isn't it in terms of, you know, you've got to make that time, you've got to have some privacy. Like if you've, you know, you've got to... I mean, you're not going to... I mean, in the end, I did get to a point where I was like watching TV with my partner and I would just sit there expressing. But at first, I felt like it was quite a private thing to do. So I needed to take myself off into the bedroom and just have like a 10-minute express. But, you know, you had to set timers and things like that. So it's quite a lot of pressure on us as well
0: as... The breastfeeding um when did you stop when I started when- winding it down because I did get mastitis, so I was really kind of cautious that I wouldn't get that again so by the time I finished it's about 13 months mm-hmm. I mean in terms of like would I do it again and sort of encourage people doing it I think people have got to do whatever like for me because it really like it it really kind of and um, like emotionally kind of upset me the fact that when she didn't that was like my coping mechanism of being like oh well she's you know she still my breast milk and I'm still doing what I'd planned but it's just through a slightly different way so for you know for next time would I do it again probably not no and if it wasn't you know if we weren't in like global pandemic and I wasn't at home would I have been able to do it probably not either so I just think like yeah we we as parents and as humans, I think, we just put so much pressure on ourselves and actually, we're after you know, in hindsight or afterwards, we, we really don't be needing to. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night,
1: ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on
0: our backs. We did not see We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. Just speaking about kind of coming out of lockdown and being a lockdown mum because obviously it's very different. You're indoors with your baby, you know, we haven't had to be out and about and doing the usual things so we haven't had that added pressure and you did a post recently on your Instagram that was about eating out which I loved. Um, I had this experience recently so I met up with a couple of friends and Leo was being amazing but then he just kicked off because he got overtired. Now there was this kind of, I don't know if they were a couple or a friend, a guy and a girl just kept looking at me like quite intimidatingly like not and I was like sorry you know because he was really screaming and to be honest like before I had a baby I didn't want to be next to screaming babies either but that being said they moved um, and made it quite you know dramatic in terms of the move and moved to the other side and kind of looked over and made me feel bad about it now obviously you're going to get different people and different attitudes when you're out and about but what would you say to someone that is worried about eating out with a baby and you you had some
0: amazing tips on your post I think the thing is, is it's such a big change. I mean, even just for like friends meeting up and stuff and being in like social situations, like I think a lot of people will struggle because you know, you've gone from just being in your little kind of safe, secure place for, for so long and then you've gone sort of from being, yeah, in this really sort of secure space um, to then going with other you know, out with other people. And I just think, what must that be like for a little baby that is then seeing, you know, all the waiters and all these other people around them? And it must be quite a daunting thing. And, and I think as well, like I've really sort of struggled in terms of thinking about like going out for naps and stuff. And like, I don't really want to, I get a good routine and then I don't want to mess it up by sort of like, you know, especially with the sleep, um, and then her saying not having the sleep in the cot, because then it means that when she has that, she has a really good night's sleep overall. And then she's not like feeling groggy and she's like in great form. But then if we mess up that sleep, we then have a really, really bad night for like three days. And she's in like, she's in a mood. So it's hard because probably, in, you know, if we weren't in lockdown, that would just be normal. Like you'd just sort of get on with it and we wouldn't know any different. Um, so I just kind of try and like, I think, I just think for me, it's like slow, steady steps back into a normality. And um, I used to love going out for, you know, for lunch and things like that. And, and I, it's something I, just, I do want to do. Um, so I think just, yeah, as I said, with the kind of the routine and timings, like planning it well. Usually we go somewhere like half an hour before she's meant to have a little snack or something. And then just having like, just being prepared. I feel like over like mother, it's just, if you're prepared in terms of everything, everything is just goes so much more straightforward. So yeah, I am a little bit of a planner, but I just make sure, you know, like the activities and the books and favorite toys and whatever, and and those sorts of things. And just slowly, you know, starting off, maybe just going for a coffee with a friend so it can be a bit shorter. And or then, you know, they're maybe going to like actually then eating out for them. But yeah, definitely like a I think I was saying like the rice cakes and almond butter or anything, those sorts of things that take them ages to eat. And it's not like it's gone in a few minutes or something like that's a bit of entertainment. And that gives you like at least 20 minutes when you're eating as well. So I know that obviously helps them a bit more through the weaning journey. And then I guess when they're younger, like trying to do a, a nap in the pram like I've seen there's a few things you can get where you like pop them on the pram can't you and they we never did it cuz we didn't need it because we weren't we weren't able to go out but you know you can like it like rocks the buggy yes I've got it have you yeah Yeah. so I know those people swear by those you can just pop it on and they feel like they're in motion don't they and things
1: yeah we actually got it just recently it's called the rocket um and funnily enough I went for lunch today and it works a dream honestly like you might have to take your baby around you know walk with the baby for a bit just to kind of like settle them and then put it on and they don't wake up you know make sure that I don't know put like a muslin over the buggy as well well so it's quite dark um, and it seems to work and I also bought a white noise machine and you know fingers crossed so far so good.
0: Yeah exactly I know it's just when you find that thing that works it's like oh hallelujah.
1: (laughs) Yes yeah and I mean before I mean we've only had like a couple of weeks of kind of socializing so far but um, when I was doing it before like I said you know he was kicking off and there, there wasn't anywhere to kind of walk them around so I think you're right starting off slowly is probably the best like make it shorter and then longer and then trying to adapt because like you said the babies have got like so much to look at and they don't want to go to sleep do they because there's like all these people
0: around they're not used to it. Yeah exactly and I think as well like it's very easy before you have kids to kind of think you know I don't know if you had this but what when I had absolutely no idea. And I didn't actually really think, oh, what would it be like? Like, is this what I expect it to be? But, you know, before when I heard of like kids cry- crying in a restaurant and things, you think, oh, like, why Why doesn't the parent just stop it? You know, like, why are they letting them do that? And then I'm like, oh, okay. That's, this is how it is. It doesn't work like that. There's no on-off reason, is there? Like <laughs> <laughs> and you know when
1: um, I don't know how you feel about this obviously I mean we would love to be able to go away this year I mean who knows if we can or not but it petrifies me going on a plane um because you just don't know how they're going to react and when I was you know a single person like you you would think I'll oh, just
0: shut the baby up <laughs> it's not that simple <laughs> You'd see them come like a few rows from you, and you would be like, "No, please don't have that baby in there." But it's surprising, actually, isn't it? How well I don't know if it's because of the pressure, that the noise. I think the plane does like a bit of a white noise for them, um so that's meant to usually be when I mean, it's quite good. But yeah, I yeah, I'm right with you. Like this, the holidays this year, we've had one that's been pushed back and back and back, and now we're on a second airline that's just said, "No, we're not flying." Um, so we're not doing the flight because it won't be full. Um, and yeah, Adam was saying to me through like the airports and stuff, they're expecting like really, really big delays. And I thought, do I want to have a huge delay with a little one? And it, I was like, I, I just, yeah, I was like, no, nope, let's just enjoy, finish the rest of the year here, and like, let's get booking for next year. <laughs> I mean let's
1: talk about like lifestyle and diet because it's not easy to eat with a newborn, a baby or one-year-old, whatever, you know, whatever age they are. And I find that you prioritize your little one's food before yours because you just you just do. And then by the time you go to eat, you you're probably too busy or you've got something else going on or they've distracted you. So I actually find it very hard to to fit in nutritional food that's good for me with juggling mum life like have you found that and
0: what would you say to anyone struggling with that yeah so when I was breastfeeding initially I found that the like my hunger was through the roof and I think in terms of like supply and I did quite a lot of like research on it and you know there's certain foods and like making sure you know like the flax seeds, and just getting as much like nutritious food in as possible because yeah I was literally ravenous I was eating all the time and I think just trying to have like that's quite good but like when towards the end of your pregnancy like just do like the batch cooking for you so you've got you know your fridge your freezer just full of food and your cupboards with like whether it's all like sort of the tinned food and the you know, whether it's chickpeas or you know it's all that kind of like really good staple cupboard food so you kind of feel like it's then easy sort of accessible and it's it's there and just trying to sort of meal plan that it's things that are a little bit easier to get done yeah so i said i'd use a lot of kind of the freezer stuff to begin with because You're so tired, aren't you? The thought of then and having the energy to then cook. So yeah, I do kind of a lot of really sort of simple things. Something I love, I used to live next to a co-op and they did these really good like fresh soups and they were always more like sort of sauces. And I would literally just like grab it. They've got, you know, really good shelf life. I just grab a load of those, have like instant rice that you can just put in the microwave, heat that up in the pan, add in some like chopped tofu or prawns. And literally it was just like, you just chuck it all in, and there'd be like loads of like veggies and pulses and lentils and stuff in the soup as well. And it was literally just like the quickest thing. And I felt like I'd made this like really sort of like prepared, um, taken the ages meal with loads of ingredients. And so, just sort of finding those things for yourself, um, just to be, yeah, just to try and make life a little bit easier. And yeah, and so for now, like with Clara. And do like quite a lot of batch cooking it takes it can take a little bit of time like maybe on a sunday evening when she's gone to bed or something like that i will just i will do it and those meals like they seem to last for weeks and weeks and weeks and then every sort of like say every sunday or ever i then have enough in the freeze that i just rotate them through the week so especially when we're out and about it's literally just like getting it out defrosting it cooking it sticking in some like vegetables in the steamer. Um so this is something I love it's like the frozen veggies um just buy the massive packs of like peas, sweet corn, spinach um and literally just a few handfuls and just pop them in the steamer, hot water on and they're done. And I'll always make a lot more because I found through weaning that when you're eating as well with them, it's such a good way to encourage them to kind of, you know, mimic you and copy you and to sort of for them to encourage to eat as well so it's not really like their sort of being like oh I'm being watched sort of thing I'm just you know doing my food and "Mm, it's amazing and then they're like oh yeah mm," you know just copying you so I will then basically and I'm like for me that's an extra way of getting in like a load of vegetables and it may be a bit boring but it's just steamed but A lot of like my followers on Instagram will say to me, like, I feel like then I end up eating five meals a day or something, but when they do, when I say like, you know, it's it's good to to eat with them. And so I find that this way that even when you've got your like big plate full of vegetables with them for you, you know, that's getting in loads of extra nutrients. It's not like you're having to eat like, I don't know, fish pie or whatever else they might be having. So you're not then eating loads. So you're getting in those extra nutrients for you, your baby's winning because they're then copying you thinking you're eating exactly the same. So it's like a win-win. That's a little tip that I find helps a bit.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful in terms of batch cooking because I feel like I've had quite a lot of women say that they feel like it's overwhelming um, and they don't know where to start. And I mean, this is probably where, you know, we talk about your amazing ebook that I've also, you know, read and I'm following. And I love how it is separated into months um, because it makes it really easy and digestible. Um, So do you want to talk to us about kind of your weaning journey, how you had the time to write a book (laughs) and, you know, the best way to kind of batch cook and wean your baby?
0: So I think the reason why I wanted to do the book is because when we first started, I had ordered like, it must have been about five books and I just kind of felt like it was like you know spoon fed the purees the only doing like baby led weeding the finger food I just found there was so much information on it and it was really really overwhelming because these books were like encyclopedias and I was like I did not have the time to be sort of sat down reading all of this and I find as well you know see there's there is a lot out there and there's lots of different opinions and ways and I just thought right if I just share like My experience and probably the best some of the best advice I got was from one of my best friends whose little boy is a couple of years older than Clara. And I'd ask her different things about it. And the things that she said to me were so valuable that I thought, right, I actually want to write this book as if it was to my best friend that was about to do their weaning. Um, And how can I sort of share like our experience? And I said to um, my friend Lucy, who was really lucky to have the children's dietitian, um, who has become a really good friend. And she basically sort of just helped with all the questions I had you know, like the nutrition dietitians of expert point of view. Um, and and I just said like, wow, like, you know, Clara's a real little foodie and she's like, well, you did do everything sort of, you know, sort of right. And you did do all these things and you put a lot into it. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of work you put into it. test. Like, this is a lot of you and it's not just luck. And so I think because of that, I thought, OK, so maybe if I share what we did and found what worked, I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but maybe like a lot of the things that I did do wrong and then I did it right and they worked, maybe that can help other people from making all those sort of early mistakes that you can really easily do. And just, yeah, trying to give like as much of an honest advice and, you know, things as things in the book of, you know, things i wasted money on and and the things you actually really do need and making your life easier so like filling your cupboards up with sort of in terms of not just saving money but also saving time and and just to make your life like that little bit easier Yeah, and we've got Lucy's um, sort of like nutritional tips throughout as well. And also with like the first aid, um, mini first aid company, who I did their course and and they've been like amazing because I just feel like with the weaning, it's quite a nerve wracking journey too. And I just wanted the book to be like, okay, so everything I need to know that I don't have time to read a massive book is going to be on here and hopefully we'll cover everything. And even little things are like throwing food. I don't know if Leo does that yet. But, you know, one one day Clara decided that she was going to throw her food. And my first reaction was, Clara, don't do that. Like, why are you throwing, why are you throwing, don't, don't do that. And she was like, brilliant. I've got your attention. I'm going to keep doing that because you're like really paying, you know, like we'd say Adam and I be eating and just sort of chatting and then she just start doing it. And so straight away we were just like, she was like, oh, look at me. You know, so I read a bit about it and there was a few different things. And then I spoke to my friend and she was just like, best thing we found was just ignore it. Don't give it any attention. Just carrying on like you can not eating and blah, blah. As soon as she didn't have our attention, she stopped and she didn't do it again. So yeah, so, so lots of those little things we've kind of popped in, and as I was just saying, like in terms of like I think knowing things like, especially with like the choking and the gagging, and and having little bits of sort of information about things like that really give you the confidence to hopefully have like a you know, to I think as soon as you're confident and you feel like you know enough about something, it really gives you sort of the reassurance you need to be able to do it. Absolutely, and I also think that.
1: Because it's an ebook, you can print it off as well, or you can have it on your phone so it's easily accessible. Rather than, you know, I've bought a few books and I don't open them because when, like you said, when do we have the time to actually sit there and open them and look through them? So I actually find that it's good that, say, if you just wanted to print off, I don't know, the seven month stage, as an example, and then you could literally put a fridge magnet and just have that one page up that's going to give you some helpful tips and then you could switch over you know it's a lot easier to digest like that so I found that that's worked for me
0: yeah it's so on your phone as well aren't you so much that especially even like you know when you go to bed or whatever like that's fine that just be able to sort of sit sit through and like read a couple of pages um and then maybe do a bit of like recipe if you're gonna do some recipes in the week just pop those sort of them down in your notes so then you know what to get in the supermarket or whatever and so a lot of people said, like, are you now gonna do like a paper copy? And I would love to, but I don't want it to take it away from the fact that I hope that it's this sort of like because initially I was just gonna stick it to more doing more just recipes, but I thought to start with, I was like, I want to kind of give all that sort of hopefully helpful information that i i wanted to know when i started and i hope it's not too long but it's informative enough
1: yeah no i mean from my perspective it is really informative and it's really easy to digest and um, that's what, what i've found like going through it and it's just given me inspiration straight away i'm gonna leave the link in the show notes if anyone actually does want to you know, read the Eat, Ween, Grow book. So for anyone who wants to check that out, just head to the show notes and you can see it in there. Um, But how did you actually get time to write this book with a little one?
0: I think because Adam's been on furlough, it's meant that I've been able to do like a lot more work than probably if he was working a lot of the time. I wouldn't have been able to do as much. So it's definitely been a bit of a sort of a juggling act between trying to fit everything in and, and yeah, and it's helped having him off. And it was kind of really was like a big sort of family project. So like we'd put Clara to bed, we'd then have dinner and then we'd spend like the evening and then just sort of doing it together really. And, you know, because he's massively been doing this sort of, the weaning journey as well with us two and we like cooking together so it basically just became a little bit of a hobby and and then we were like okay it's gone from this sort of like diary sort of documenting everything to then you know putting it into like a proper book and then obviously later on that's when kind of the it got to sort of like 12 1am I was like okay like and the deadlines were coming up for things. And then that's obviously when it was then a bit later, which isn't so ideal when you know that you could be up at like 5.36. But, I, you know, I, I really think that at least when you are sort of self-employed, those hours, it's up to you when you decide to work. And if you managed to get a little bit dumb when she was having a nap, then that was great. But, you know, 99% of the time it was it was getting it all done in in our evenings really
1: yeah like cramming everything in in the evenings is actually pretty hardcore especially when you know when you're up at like five or six o'clock alarm um I was like that last night going to bed at like 12 o'clock so I've been working on the business but that's the only
0: time that you get to yourself isn't it (laughs) yeah it was to be honest when we finished it was a bit like oh, we can actually now watch a film or we can watch a series or we can start to have a little bit of the evenings back, you know, to ourselves. But I think that's the thing, isn't it, with project work? It can be quite, like, full-on all the time for your evenings. And I think that the way that it's been with COVID is, like, uh, in the last year, and especially if you are self-employed, like, it's you know, it's, it's really tough and you you don't know what's going to happen with the economy and things like that. So I think for us, with, with Adam's job and then hopefully with, you know, airlines and travel and everything going back to a little bit of normality we just have to get back to sort of then adjusting to that and working around that and the days that he's off of me you know fully being able to work but you know like being a mum is is a full-time job in itself it it really is and that's kind of then you know leaving you sometimes like I was saying earlier about doing the workout like I I hadn't worked out didn't feel like maybe for like two weeks or something and I thought you know what I'm I'm going to do something. I think the time I did it yesterday, by the time I got everything sorted, it was about half eight. So then I did work about half eight till nine. And I just thought, and I felt so much better for doing it. I felt great. But then I was just like, right, now it's food. And then before you know it, it's like 12 o'clock, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. How are you feeling about your partner going back to work?
0: I. It's going to be a big adjustment. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be, it's going to be, It's going to be very different with him not being here. And I think that's been, you know, there's been so many positives and so many negatives from it. And I think that's kind of, that's how it's sort of been, you know, normal life. And I think for me, it's going to be a change because I love working and I absolutely, I love what I do so much, but that's obviously going to have to stop a little bit because, you know, Clara is is my absolute priority. And I've I've kind of said that from the start. Um, When Adam's here... It's great because, you know, we we tag team, we both, we can both do it. But when he's not, you know, it's, <laughs> she's not, she won't just sit there anymore. She needs like 24 hours. <laughs> (laughs) Attention and it's the naps have got longer, that's a that's a good thing actually. So I can try, you know, for an hour and a half or two hours of the day, midday, it's like wow, like you know, get everything done, you can get on top of it. Um, but you know, before when she's you know quite happy pay, at the moment she's going through a stage where she just will not be like put down constantly, all of her toys, it has to be me doing it with her. And even like when I go to the toilet, she's sort of like sat on my lap. I'm like, I just need a be in peace. <laughs> just but yeah, they, they go through these stages and it and it just doesn't last forever. And I think that's the things with like school and stuff, you know. But when they start going at four and they're full time, you know, that's she's nearly two, like at the end of you know, beginning of next year, you know, it, that's halfway there. It goes so quickly. Yeah, what would you say is like your best and
1: hardest parts of
0: motherhood so far? So I think the hardest part was definitely the feeding I think physically and mentally that was like it was really really tough and I think I put quite a lot of pressure on myself with it as well and for it to be a certain way so I think that that was one of the hardest the hardest things not just in motherhood, I think in my entire life that I've had to do continuously for for all that time and I think kind of the sleep deprivation as well like you don't thinking before I had a child, if they were like, oh, you're going to have, you know, really broken sleep and it's going to be like this minimal and you're going to feel like we're really full on all the time, I'd be like, oh no, I wouldn't be able to cope with that. And it's crazy though how your body does, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think the good things, I mean, the love is just like nothing I've ever experienced before. Like, even when she does have that kind of hour and a half nap, at the end of it, I'm like, I can't need to be awake. Like, I actually miss you. And she's just yeah she's just amazing like I I can't could never imagine life without her like it's yeah the, the love and that feeling is just like nothing else it's amazing
1: yeah I mean it's crazy you can't actually imagine your life without them now can you it's like they just become part of you and you just look at them in awe and it I think it yeah. gets better as they get older that's what I've found
0: yeah and I think you go through all these different stages and it's like oh this is you know with the teething or whatever like, like this is a really tough stage and then everything goes out the window in terms of sleep in terms of eating you know have so much going on and it's like oh. but then you just have to realize that everything is only just sort of period and then it it passes and then it's all absolutely fine and then it's like, like there might be something else but then you've forgotten about what it was before and you know, it's, it's just all part of it, isn't it, really? Oh, absolutely. So there's something that I ask my guests
1: at the end of every interview, and that is, how have you turned your pain into purpose?
0: So I'm guessing in terms of, of looking back to when I was younger, you know, I'd look back. There'd be times when I'd like when I graduated from uni, and I knew I wanted to do like have my own company and and of work for myself because I worked in jobs before with sort of things I didn't I didn't really like doing and I had no passion for. And when I moved and kind of made the jump to that, there were stages where it was really hard, like living in my overdraft and not knowing if I was going to be able to pay bills. And yeah, so I think those times of Of being in jobs that I really really hated and didn't make me happy but it's all kind of you know all the effort and things and all those hard times make all the good stuff really good and I just look back and I think oh you know I'm glad like I said to you I don't regret anything and I'm glad I did that because it's got me to where where I am now Um, and it goes the same for everything I think like with relationships and stuff like I like talking quite a lot about that because you know this this could go on for hours you know how I feel about relationships but and look back and I think, God, you know that times of you know someone being really, really horrible and having really, you know, rubbish situations. How that when you change that and you kind of sort yourself out and you do things for you, that then you then all of a sudden find what is meant for you and things do then start working out. Oh, I feel like this
1: could be like a whole other episode. Um, but I know that you've got to go and we've got to wrap this up. But it's been amazing to talk to you. Yeah. Um, but for now please tell everyone where they can find you and also where they can find your ebook
0: yes so um everything is on my website which is Mr. T- mrs Tessakelly.com and there's gonna be lots more like blog posts coming on there and newsletters and yeah a lot more things happening with that side and then obviously my instagram which is at mrs tessa kelly um, and then there's links to the book on the website and also on my page as well Amazing. Thank you for all your tips and
1: advice, um especially on the weaning side and nutrition side that's been really helpful.
0: Um but yeah, it's been lovely to have you on yeah i i feel like as well like you're on especially because he's seven months now isn't he like it's just such an exciting like i feel like that six on miles and is huge and i feel like you've just got so much exciting things to come as well oh so, thank so you exciting. yay <laughs> go ross <for us. laughs> um, yeah it's so lovely to speak to you yeah lovely to speak to you as well thanks so much for having me bye this is the unfiltered life podcast with charlotte jonesy Thank you
1: so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please subscribe, download and leave me a review. If you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories and don't forget to tag me so that I can see it. If you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs, then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information. Hope to speak with you soon. If not, I will see you in next week's episode. Lots of love.